Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the privilege of having my friend, a leader in sales, Henry Evans. He's the VP of Customer Service at PhoneBurner. Henry, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Umar. Glad to be here. One of the things I hear time and time again is that cold calling is dead. And you know what? Because people really want to believe the lie, they embrace it. Kind of your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I actually love it when I hear that. Um, because that means that more of, of our customers uh, over at PhoneBurner are going to be getting even better results. And we've seen a lot of tests done out there. And when you really look at the numbers, um, again, it all depends. Everything's relative. It depends on who you're calling. But we have a lot of B2B customers and, and B2C for that matter. And uh, cold calling definitely is not dead. Building relationships on the phone definitely is not dead. Um, but it's oftentimes done in conjunction now with a, a email campaign or a text messaging campaign or a retargeting campaign. Um, you know, you don't see it done just always standalone like it used to, but no, it's definitely not dead. It is, it is alive and well for people getting results today. What's interesting is our beliefs dictate how we see the world and we want to make sure our beliefs, no matter how noble or how screwed up they are, that they're true. And I think so many salespeople embrace the cold calling's dead and it's almost like, thank God I don't have to make those calls anymore. And they'll look for data to validate and yet their pipeline is weak. Picking up the phone for a lot of people is scary, right? It is. It is. And and, and there's no question. We We actually did a test recently. Um, I actually called it uh, Operation Eat Your Own Dog Food, and I had a bunch of people internal to phone burner. I mean, some people have a sales background like I do. I've been the VP of sales of companies in the past and, and have managed sales teams and been in sales myself. Uh, my very first job was actually selling the Buffalo Evening News, which was owned by Warren Buffett, uh, right. which is pretty cool. So my first sales job was for Warren Buffett. Um, but you know, when you when you look at you know, you know, making calls, um, people are intimidated by it. So what can you do? And I know that you teach a lot of the mindset components, which are mm-hmm. super important. Um, and on the software side, we really have a tool that enables you to make one call into phone burner, and then it does all the work from there. So you only have to get up and build up and overcome that call reluctance one time with phone burner. Then you can call 50, 60, 150 people all in one setting just by clicking the button. And we found that when we looked at all the data, Umar, it was really interesting. One of the biggest issues or leakages we found with people not making calls is after a bad call. They like feel the need. I got to take a break, man. That call was hard. I got to shake it off. I got to go for a walk. Got to go get a, you know, go to the water cooler, go to the bathroom, whatever, where when you're doing that in phone burner, as soon as you click that button, the next number is ringing. So you don't have time to wallow in the negativity, which um, yeah. actually is a pretty big benefit. Here's a joke I heard. Maybe you've heard it before. Henry, do you know how to make a salesperson shut up? <laughs> I do not. How? Give him a telephone. There you go. Perfect. It's true. It's true because everybody's intimidated by it. 
making calls is really difficult in this sense. Number one, you got to figure out who you want to call. Yep. And to prepare that list sometimes is a really hard thing for people to do. And if they don't have a CRM, and CRMs aren't really geared towards making calls, they're geared towards remembering the data and what the next step is. So it's such an arduous process of using a CRM to make calls. Number one, we'll get. It. I'll let you go deeper into that. And the second thing is like, who am I calling next? And I think that's one of the beauties of phone burner is that it solves that problem for you. You've already thought about it. It says, are you ready to make calls? How many do you want to make? Hit go, and then boom, we're in it. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it works. And and the more thinking you can take out of it, the better. So we have uh, one of our features called LeadStream, which is automated lead distribution, which means you dump 1,000, 10,000, 50,000 leads into a bucket, and then different team members can dial out of that bucket and I like to kind of frame it for somebody that hasn't ever used a system like that. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Umar mm-hmm. can have as much as you want to have, but you have to eat one bite at a time so nothing gets wasted. So you get all the leads you want, um, but nothing's actually wasted. But this idea of, of deciding who to call, that takes all of that decision out of it. And just with normal phone burner, we use a folder and a save search methodology to just take the thinking out of it, click this list, and click the button to dial. Um, and when we first started, we didn't realize that, um, you know, because we started as a CRM and then we built our power dialer on top of it. Um, and then we also obviously work with other CRMs like Salesforce and HubSpot and Zoho and, and, and others through, you know, things like Zapier. But yeah, the idea of, of not having to think about who to call is really important with whatever system you use. And then how do you very quickly just jump into the calls without overanalyzing it. And a lot of people get you know, analysis paralysis when it comes to sales. Absolutely. And I think once you're in the thick of things, it's a lot like public speaking. People have the biggest fear is before you get on stage. And then the second biggest fear is when you're on stage and people make a really bad mistake because people have been advising them to see the audience naked and Americans are overweight. This is not a good thing. It causes <laughs> trauma. But yeah. once they get going after the first minute of speaking, 99% of people are okay and they just go. It's just that initial reluctance to get started. And I think what Phone Burner does is that once you make that first phone call, like you said, then the whole thing's rolling and you just roll with it because you don't have to be creative and unique on each single call. I mean, pretty much it's like, hey, Henry, how are you? And the next person's, hey, Judy, how are you? Or whatever opening you've got. So there's not a lot of creativity there. Uh but getting started is critical and using best practices. So you've been working with a team. How do you recommend we capture best practices? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I'll kind of share an example of a particular company. It's actually a company in the mortgage space and um, big phone burner customers. And then they also recommend it to others, but they've got a really unique best practice. So what they do as they recommend you have call Mondays, which is in the morning when you first come in, you're calling right. all of your all of your new leads, basically. So every morning, but especially Monday is like new lead Monday. Tuesday is like, I think it's called touch base Tuesday. They have like funny names for everything. It's like touch base. Mm-hmm. And for since it's a setup for mortgage agents, it's calling and touching base with all of your existing clients that are in the pipeline. Uh, and then they have Realtor Wednesdays or something like that. 
where on Wednesdays you're calling all of your realtors and just kind of touching base with your top 30 realtors that you work with. And each one's a different list inside of, in our case, our platform inside of Phoneburner, but could be in anything. But so you, so the best practice is how do you set up a system to automate the thinking? So now you don't have to think about what do I do? It's Wednesday. What do I do? You know, Wednesday is realtor day and you're going to get your realtor list and call them up. And the other thing they teach, which I love is you make all of your calls first thing when you go in. Yeah. And so you don't wait till the afternoon or when you feel like it. It's just when you get in, you don't check your email, you don't check CNN, you don't check your stock, you know, nothing. You just get in, get your calls done. And, you know, if you're using a power dialer like what we have, if you've got 50 calls, it's going to take you less than an hour. So before 9 a.m., if you come in at 8, you already have blown through all of your calls for the day. And then you can go about the rest of your business and you get a nice feeling of accomplishment too, knowing that, hey, I already was able to get that done. And the reason we put off calling is because it sucks, but it's the most important thing to fill your pipeline and make sure you hit your number. And when you put it off, it's like you're putting off the most important thing you need to do. I was working with the sales team and one of the people that was doing the calling, uh, so I heard him make a call. If I had explained to him, you know, the call you just made was very rigid and mechanical and awkward and that vibe people pick up. So rather than say that to him, we had recorded it and I said, okay, do me a favor. Who's your best friend? He goes, my best friend's Jack. I said, okay, where is he right now? He's at home. Call him up right now and invite him to the movies this weekend. Hey, let's go out. See like the latest action flick. And the guy calls his buddy up and I record that too. And I say, now listen to the two calls to the richness of your voice, the familiarity, the warmth in it. I in love one, it. it's there. And the other one, it's like, no wonder people are like instantly weary of your call. And then letting him hear it allowed him to go, I totally get what that is. And that caused the improvement. Because I think all too often we tell people what the issue is, but they just can't understand it because they can't hear themselves. Right. No, that's that's absolutely right. And, and that's why getting... Coaching, I think, is so important. You know, if you look at all of the most successful athletes in anything, they they all have coaches. And sometimes we think, well, I'm a I'm a salesperson, or I'm a I'm a VP of sales, or director of marketing, whatever it is. It's like, oh well, I mean, I don't need any coaching, but everybody can use somebody. You know, Tiger Woods, you know, you know, his coach isn't better than he is, but he sees things that he doesn't, even though Tiger is a better golfer. So having somebody point that out, that's a really good idea. One of the ways that, you know, I've seen that work really well is to record calls. Um, yes. You know, I mean, we've actually got that option inside of the software. So if that's something that, that you're allowed to do in whatever market you're in, um, and, you know, all depending on who you're calling and what state and all that stuff, there's different laws out there. But we have the capability. That's fascinating to be able to like listen to a call and hear how it went and then have somebody critique it afterwards. And sometimes just knowing that you're going to be recorded is enough to do a better job. So um, yeah, that would be fascinating to do that though. Like here's you talking to your friend, here's you doing a cold call, hear the difference. And I'm sure it was profound for that person. Absolutely. And one of my other clients, they did something really interesting. They put the call recording. They also had a webcam recording the sales rep mm. and every single sales rep was pissed off and big brothers watching me and I can't believe you're doing this. And it just caused major headaches. And then they realized they miscommunicated what they wanted. So then they recommunicated why it's there. And this is what they said more clearly the second time. 
what we want to do is to record every single call that you make. And at the end of the week, what we want you to do is to pick a call that went really well and a call that went sideways and then sit down with your manager because, you know, no manager's got enough time to listen to all the calls or some of the calls. Right. But the sales rep comes in and says, you know, this call went really well. And if it went really well and it was just okay, the manager goes, you know, good job. But if it went exceptionally well, the manager says, wait a minute, we need to let everybody in the company hear this. This is going to be the new way of doing this. This is best practices. So really big kudos to that sales rep for doing it. And on the call that went sideways, then they can both discuss it. Not that you did this wrong, but we're sitting on the same side of the table looking at the call and saying, oh, when he said this, you missed that. And if you had gone down this path, it would have been better. And it's coaching that's on point and really helps the salesperson get better rather than generalities because you're not. Yeah. Anytime you can be very specific in all the sales coaching and training I've done and, and, and given and received. The more explicit and specific you can be, the better. Like, hey, on this call at this point right here, you see if you would have asked this, how it might have gone a different direction. And you see how the way you went, the direction it went, and just pointing that out. Because again, a lot of the time, we just don't realize what we're doing. Yeah, we're blind to ourselves. And by the way, that's why God invented spouses, to point out where we're wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Isn't it? Going back to that story, what the client saw was this, because when the Salespeople realized this is a coaching tool for us to get better. Uh, the end result was that every single sales rep in their organization improved their sales by 25% minimum. Wow. Because they had on point coaching that made them do better because they realized what needed changing. And I think that's ultimately what we need to do as leaders is how can we get our people to let go of their fear and move forward? And going back to that team metaphor and you know, successful athletes having coaches. You know what happens when you have a team that goes sideways and they fire the uh, the general manager, the new general manager comes in, and you know the first thing they, they do? This is what they say in their press conference, we're going back to basics. Yep. Because you always have to go back to basics. And in our profession, going back to basics is using the phone effectively. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a famous uh, story about Vince Lombardi, who was the you know famed coach where he would start mm-hmm. off every season- and he would show a football and he would say, this is a football. It's X inches long and X inches wide. And he would walk them around the field. This is a football field. And he would talk about why it's 100 yards and why this is 10 yards. And it, it, was, it was back to the basics. But like, think about it. When's the last time somebody did that? This is the, this is the anatomy of a sales call. This is what we do and why we do it. And, and going back to the basics oftentimes, and again, I, I, I almost hate the phrase because it's so cliche, but sales is a numbers game. But fundamentally, if you're doing colder, even warm outreach, it really is. If you don't put in the numbers, it's going to be hard to get the results. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just how, the, how the numbers play out. So going back to the basics and the fundamentals, I think is really important for everybody. Couldn't agree more. I think there's like three aspects to sales. One of them is having the right skill set. So you know what to do. And then you need to have the right mindset to make sure you do it properly. Then you get the numbers. And if you've got an okay skill set and an okay mindset, your numbers are lower. So you have to do more calls to make ends meet. But if you improve your skill set, the number of calls you need to make reduce. And if you have a stronger skill set and mindset, and then you are like in the zone, that's where you're highly effective. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And and it's interesting, you know, because some... 
Some people are just naturally gifted at one or other or both of those. Um, but I'm I'm a firm believer that sales is a is a teachable skill that anybody who can communicate that's kind of the number one thing. But if if you can communicate, it can be learned. And a lot of sales people think, well, it's being able to talk smoothly, and it's like. But fundamentally, though, we're given two ears for a reason. Is it's asking good pertinent questions absolutely and guiding people, and then having the the wherewithal to tell them if it's not a good fit. I mean, I, I've had you know calls with customers and all sorts of products I've sold and, and, and been, you know what, to be perfectly honest, this isn't the best fit. I'd recommend this competitor of ours. They're a better fit for you. And people always appreciate that. If you genuinely look out for their best interest, they pick up on that energy. And then they know that, hey, you're not going to steer them wrong. It's more of a consulting role is how I've found uh, almost always brings more success than a hard line hammer somebody and getting them to buy. I've been to uh, sales conferences where there's like a couple hundred salespeople and I uh, talk to them about beliefs. It's like, okay, beliefs get set when we're very, very young. So the thought process is simple. Complete this sentence for me, please. Salespeople are, somebody in the audience goes, driven. Someone else says, powerful, Mm -hmm. make it happen. And there's like all these positive attributes. And after about six or seven of them, uh, somebody else goes, they're sleazy, they're untrustworthy. And all of a sudden you get a list of negative things. They're the beliefs in our society around sales, but truly great salespeople do not force anybody to buy. Like you said, they build a connection rapport and then they actually delve into the world of the customer and say, hey, what's going on? What's working, what is? And then the customer goes, this is my problem. And then they figure out whether there's a fit. So sales is a noble profession that nothing in this world happens till a salesperson makes it happen. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, even as, as recent as, you know, three, four, five years ago, but definitely 10 years ago and up, you could get by with, for lack of a better word, pressure selling somebody into something. Nowadays, with Yelp and social review sites and G2 and all these different places, you know, Google reviews, Facebook, you know, it's like, there's just no hiding. And, you know, you would better take good care of your customers. And you better treat people who are prospects really, really well. Because if not, boy, it's going to come back to bite you. I've seen, um, you know, literally companies that have had to close down and reopen because, you know, they just didn't take care of their customers. I mean, it's just, you know, or close down permanently. I mean, you really, it's, it's a different world with, you know, just this extreme viral communication that we all have instantly. It's, it's I mean, you got to really think about that. And the, I feel pretty strongly that the days of pressure selling people are pretty much dead now. It's just it's just too hard to do it. Yeah, and I think in this day and age of even this police reform that's happening now is happening because there are this full transparency now, whether you want yep. it or not. Yep. As it should be. And I like our chief sales officer for the country right now, I think is Dr. Fauci, because he's been selling us what's the best way to overcome this. Before we part company, uh, let me tell you what I really appreciate about your technology. I get calls all the time from automated dialers and I hate them because there's a pause and yep. it's like, you know, it's somebody you can tell, and it's, <laughs> you can tell. And the one thing I love about phone burner is this, is that soon as a customer picks up the phone, you say, hello, there is no pause. Nobody knows that you used an automatic dialer. If you dial a number goes into voicemail. I just called somebody today and there was like a 42 second voicemail 
wow. like intro for me to leave a message. Hi, my name's da 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 da, and I only return calls da da da, <laughs> and I like Pisces. And it's like, oh my god. The nice thing about phone burner is, as soon as the phone burner app dials a number, as soon as you start hearing a voicemail, you hit go. It waits for the beep and leaves a message. One of the things we do badly as human beings is leave phone messages because, but in phone burner, you record the perfect message. Yep. And you can re-record it a hundred times. Once you got it perfect, all you need to do is as soon as you start somebody with the hi, leave a message, you hit go, you're calling the next person. So your four hours of dialing that would have been horrible and painful gets reduced to under one hour and you get on with the rest of your day. And because the rest of your day now is filled with appointments. That's, that's, that's a, literally exactly what happens. And I was talking to a customer yesterday. That's literally, he said, I just can't believe how much time this has saved. And it, and it's interesting though. So but, I mean, to your point on the voicemail, you know, there's, you know, so many people try to take selling and like cram a whole bunch of steps in the one. And if you look at selling, just like dating, you mm-hmm. don't meet somebody for the first time and go, you know, I really like you a lot. Why don't we go spend the weekend in Napa and we should really consider getting married on a first date. Now, even though yep. my first date with my wife, I actually felt like that. If I would have <laughs> said that, I would have had a big creeper sign on my head and she would have thought I was absolutely nuts. So there's a time and a place you have to go through a courtship process in sales, yes. just like you do with dating. And so this, this concept of, you know, leaving a long voicemail no, no, no. The only goal of the voicemail is to get them to call you back, just like a date. The only goal is the text of the text or the email is just get them to the next step. So don't don't try to skip steps. And a lot of people are like, well, I want to tell them everything in the email. I want to send them an email follow-up. I want to have a video on there and three testimonials. And I'm like, do you think they're going to read any of that? Yep. People are so time compressed and busy. They won't read it. So just slow it down, walk them through the steps. Just like it's like a dating, uh, you know, just a dating analogy, and that and that tends to help people think about the forty-two second voicemail because it does not work very well. <laughs> no, not at well. It's short and sweet, and yep. uh, sales is a lot like this. Uh, one of my uh, friends, his name's uh, Phil McWilliams. When he was in university, he was went to a party at his friend's house. When he was coming down the basement, he saw this young, gorgeous woman across the way, and he went, "I'm going to marry her," but he did not immediately propose. <laughs> he did not he vocalize that. Her, yeah. And then after three or four asks, they went out on a date. And then after several dates, they got more serious. And he ended up marrying her like 29 years ago. And they've been happily married. As a salesperson, you may think this is a perfect marriage, but don't propose it on the first email. <laughs> so true. So true. There's there's a time and a place. Yeah, you got you to gotta walk through the steps. And unfortunately, you can't skip steps. Even if you know that your product or service is perfect for them, or like your friend knew, she's the perfect woman for me. He just knew it in his in, in his gut. Just don't just don't share that with them right away. <laughs> Absolutely, Henry. I appreciate what you guys are doing at Phone Burner. You make the hardest part of selling a lot easier for folks. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for being on the program. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 